What's up, Gator Country? Man, Andrew's five years back with Nick, and man, it wasn't what we wanted. Uh, it was a uh, tough, tough game to watch uh, overall. Florida fell 20-16 to on Saturday night in a game that just wasn't pretty. It just... It, it wasn't it, it wasn't pretty by either side. Uh, I don't know that Kentucky can can walk away from the game uh, pumping their chest uh, outside of winning. It was it was ugly. That's right. I mean, it was it was ugly for both teams. Uh, it was a it was a good crowd uh, Saturday night. I think you know close to ninety thousand. I think we had eighty nine thousand and some change. Uh, student section was there. They showed up. They showed up early. Um, you know, overall, a good crowd, but just just a disappointing game on the Gators' end. And, and like you said, for both sides, really, I thought uh, I don't think either team played uh, to their standard. Um, Kentucky was able to way, you know, Kentucky was able to find a way to win because the Gators just could not get anything going offensively. And you know, we'll dive into that uh, in a little bit. But just you know, you know, it's it's about finding ways to win, and the Gators just could not do that uh, on Saturday night. And it and it was a game that, you know, Kentucky tried to give the game away. Um, you know, you you look at it at at one point in the game and it was, um, you know, Florida had a, a sixteen to seven lead um, in the game, and you know you you thought okay, you know, Florida's Florida's gonna a cruise here. Uh, Kentucky had just had a snap over the. Um, over the quarterback's head, I mean, over the punter's head that he kicked out of bounds for a safety. And, you know, everything looked to be going the right direction for, for Florida. They had, they were uh, uh, playing really good defense in the game. Um, but they were, and, and they, and I think for the most part, they played good defense, much improved defense um, from week uh, one to, to now. But um, in the first half, Florida limited Kentucky to 118 uh, total yards. Uh, that's all they had. They had a um, negative 37 yards rushing in the first half Kentucky did. Um, and a lot of that was due to sacks and the defensive line getting there. But, uh, you know, you, you go back and you and you look at the game, and it just, uh, after that safety where Florida went up 16, Kentucky just said, listen, we're going to shut down the running game. You're going to beat us through the air. And unfortunately, Anthony Richardson didn't have an answer uh, for for the for the uh, Wildcats defense, right? And you know you mentioned the uh, you know when when Florida jumped out to that early lead uh, after the the safety, Kentucky marched down the field and they scored, and then they you know they botched the extra point, and you know yeah, uh, but but Florida just couldn't for some reason even with the lead and you know all these you know screw ups from Kentucky, they couldn't find they couldn't get in a groove offensively. You know I thought okay you know they you know they let them go down and score. Uh, but they, you know, they botched the extra point. Let, you know, let's go score right here before half. But it just, it, you know, like we're saying, you know, Richardson just could not get into a groove. But I will say, I thought the defense played a excellent game. Um, there was, you know, they did, they got, you know, pushed around there in the fourth quarter. I would say a little bit, um, but that was due to zero favors from the offense, right? I mean, they offense couldn't get a first down. They couldn't, you know, have, you know, we were getting smoked in time of possession uh, the entire game. So. I thought that, you know, if when you look at the when you look at the game as a whole, Gators gave up twenty six points, right? Um well, we threw a pick six, another interception down to the six yard line, and then also went for it on a fourth and six from our own twenty four yard line, in which we did not get, giving them another three points. So I think just when you look at it that way, the Gators defense played pretty tough all night long. I know in the fourth quarter they got a little tired there. 
started to get pushed around on the line of scrimmage. But I thought, you know, if you're going to take away something from this game, it's that, uh, you know, at the very least, we saw the Gators defense play with a little, at least a little bit of confidence, uh, you know, in week two, which is I didn't think we saw a lot of confidence out of our offense or out of our defense in week one. Saw some more confidence. They, you know, like I said, they bullied that that uh, that Kentucky offensive line all night long. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's tough to tough to get on the defense in in, in a game like this uh, too much because the offense wasn't doing anything to help them out. Like you said, you know, the the twenty six points, you know, again, um, Florida gives um, uh, a pick six off there, and uh, you know, they had their moments where. Uh, you know they, they they just didn't get any help. Uh, you know I, I know people were questioning uh, you know um, Billy Napier in the uh, in the fourth quarter for going going for two uh, fourth down conversions and you know I, I think he he noticed at that point in time that okay my my defense is exhausted they're they're, they're getting tired um, and, and you could you could tell they were. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm, this is that is not uh, any way, shape, or form, um, you know, talking bad about the the defense. I mean, it's just it's simple. Uh, Kentucky was dominating, you know, the time of possession and everything else in the in the second half. Um, they had 17, uh, 17 and a half minutes of time of possession in that second half to Florida's twelve minutes. So um, you could, I was okay with Billy Napier going for it on fourth down there. Um, I know, you know, it didn't work out. And we're going to get into that in a minute. I don't think it was a bad play call. I don't think either one of them was a bad play call. Uh, but some good things from the defense was Gervin Dexter. I don't know if he listened to the podcast or not, but uh, the man the man was flying all over the field on Saturday night. Uh, looked like a completely different guy um, overall. Um, had seven tackles. Um, including a half a sack, and, and also had the interception on Brenton Cox's uh, um, quarterback hurry there. Uh, he looked really good. Um, you know, I thought Princely and Tyreek Sapp looked really good. Justice Boone, uh, Will Levis is still having nightmares about him right now. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't targeting, so let's forget that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Gervon Dexter definitely heard you on the podcast uh, last week, Andrew. And, you know, I think the entire defensive line heard you. Uh, and you know, and I, and I do think that that plays a part, uh, honestly, in in all of this. You know, they they heard. You know, they, they these guys look at social media. That you know, they say they don't, but they you know, they all look at social media. They see what everyone's saying about them, and they they were hungry. They wanted to get after uh, Kentucky, and uh, I, I like I said, I thought I thought they played a really good game. A um, lot of pressure on the quarterback, and and I said this before the game. Kentucky's offensive line is not good. Uh, they're not good anywhere, not in the run game, not in the pass block. They're, they're just not very, they're not a very cohesive unit this year. Um, but credit to the Gators. They, you know, they took advantage of that and, and the, and the Gators defense put the Gators in a position to win and the offense just couldn't get it done. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, people say, well, Levis is one of the best in the country. Get out of here. Get out of here. It, it, it just, the, the, you're, you're crazy if you tell me Will Levis is one of the best in the country. 13 to 24 for 202 yards, touchdown inter- interception. I, his numbers were worse than, than that even shows. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, he's not good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you know, you know, you said he had, what, 202 yards. I think, you know, 50 of it was on that, that long uh, Dane Key touchdown, right? Uh, yes. In which, in which he said after the game that, they ran that a bunch of times in practice, and it never once worked. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you know, it, it like, was, and that that was a play that Jalen Kimber should have made. He should. You know, and, I, and, I, 
Yeah, and right. he had – I mean, it wasn't terrible coverage. He was right there with him the whole step of the way. He just didn't know where the ball was, and, and he didn't have the inside, and the and the receiver beat him. I mean – Right. Yeah, and that, that can't happen. I mean – They can't. And, no, he, he – yeah. He, and he's got to to fight for the ball when when that happens. It just – it did not seem like he even went for the strip of the ball there or anything else. I, I, I will say this. I'm a little down on Jalen Kimber. Um, in his play um, so far uh, this this year, um, and you know, I, I, that maybe that's fair, maybe that's not fair. Um, I don't know. He, he just for me, he hasn't played really well um, this year, uh, or especially last night against Kentucky. Um, you know, you, we, we talk about the linebackers. Ventrell Miller, I thought, played a really, really good game um, defensively. Um, I thought uh, Shamar James played a really good game. Uh, Shamar ended up second on the team with seven tackles um, in the game. Um, thought Trey Dean had an up-and-down night. Um, I thought he had a few plays where it was really good, and then he had a few plays that was just like, oh, here we go again. Um, with him, uh, I thought Rashad Torrance was up and down. I thought Kamari Wilson played much better than Rashad Torrance. That's just me. Uh, again, I, I thought the defense played well enough to win. Um, they, they stopped the run for the most part in the game. Um, granted, Kentucky was without you know their top three running backs, but you know you can only play against who you can play against. And um, I thought they made Levis at times look bad. That throw he made on third and goal uh, where they missed a field goal, where it was a wide receiver screen, and he looked like he threw oh. it. Five yards ahead of the line? That was awful. Yeah, and he makes that throw. I'm pretty sure it's a touchdown. Uh, but he he missed the throw. And, uh, yeah, he's he's not a top quarterback uh, in the country. But uh, Let me say this. Is, if he's yeah, a top so quarterback, keep him away from my Falcons, who yeah. lost him today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep him but away. I, you know, we, we, talk about, we talk about the Gator defense, right? And – I think it's exciting when you look at when you look at a lot of these young players that are contributing, right? You got Devin Moore, who I'm a big Devin Moore fan. Uh, I know you know that, Andrew, but I, I I don't think it's unfair to say that he's should be a starting cornerback for this team. If not, he is the best cornerback on this team. I mean, he every I know he's like kind of played limited a little bit, you know, in the first two games he hasn't played every down, but he, every time he's in there, he make he's a great open field tackler. Uh, he seems to be making. He had a. He had a. He stopped a third down slant. Because uh, I texted you right away, Andrew, and said Devin Moore is that guy. Um, he he impresses me. And then you got you got Shamar James, who in the next two weeks, Shamar James could end up playing a lot more because you know I know we don't know a lot about the Ventral Miller injury right now, but uh, if he ends up missing time, Shamar James is going to step in there and 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 be in a, a much bigger role. And then you got Kamari Wilson, who, like we said, is is playing a lot better. Um, and he could see an uptick in playing time as well. And then, of course, on the offensive side of the ball, Trevor Etienne. I mean, that guy, I don't even need to say anything about him. Uh, you guys watch. I mean, you, you watch what he can First do. The, yeah. You, you watch what he can do. And the, the, he's, a, he's, a, he's an incredible playmaker. Uh, his stops and cuts are insane. Uh, he's a guy that is going to have a really good Gator career. Yeah. Um, he, he, he and Montreal played really well. Um, overall in the uh, in the game and um was uh but I like you said on Devin Moore um big fan of Devin you know I have uh maybe maybe this will get him going but uh I, I need to see Jason Marshall step up to be that elite guy that everyone thought he was going to be 
um, that's just lockdown kind of guy. He seems to get picked on a good bit um, in in games, and so you you know you want to see him get going. Um, I do think Devin Moore's a little ahead of Avery Helm, even though Avery Helm has the experience, and I think that's probably what's keeping Devin Moore from starting uh, right now is that Avery Helm is has that experience, and technically it really doesn't even matter who starts. They they end up playing about the same because they rotate guys so much. Um, like you said, with Ventrell still, uh, we're taking this Sunday afternoon, um, not 100% on his um, status going forward. Um, but you play a USF team that, you know, you hope you can get up on and play some young guys. And, you know, you hope you can get Shamar James going there. Shamar's a guy that can cover. And, and listen, I, I know people are up and down on Amari Bernie. And I thought Amari played okay at times during the game uh, on Saturday. But, you know, Shamar James is a guy that can cover. And right now, that's where teams are, are going with the ball. They're going to tight ends with the ball because they know Ventro Miller. They know Amari Bernie simply can't cover. So that, that, that's where they're going. And, you know, good for them because, you know, that's, that's where the weakness of this defense is. You, you get Shamar out there to play a little bit and, and you take away some of that weakness there. Uh, so hope to see, you know, as, you know, Florida has been the, you know, uh, the victim of playing two really good teams early on. They haven't had that opportunity to get some of the guys playing time that you normally would in two games uh, early in the season that are, you know, just, you know, practice scrimmage games, basically. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, Andrew, if I, you know, talked to you two weeks ago, right before the season started, and I, uh, and I said, Gators start one and one, I'm pretty sure you're shaking my hand. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you're, and you're taking the one-on-one start. And I understand, I understand, you know, where all the fans are coming from because we did, I mean, the Gators did upset, you know, the number 12 team in the country, right? Uh, or the seven at the time, uh, you know, right off the rip. And and that's a, that, that's a huge, that's a huge swing. I mean, we moved all the way up to the 12th uh, spot in the AP poll. So I do understand, you know, looking at it like that, when, you know, after, after week one, we're coming off this big victory it's expected that we, that we take care of business against Kentucky. I get that. But looking at it long-term throughout the season, if I, if I offer any of you, any of you guys a one-on-one start to the Gators football season this season, two weeks ago, you all would have taken it. So uh, I think when you look at it like that, the Gators are still in a good spot, right? They can still have a successful, a successful season. I think, you know, me and Andrew, we predicted, you know, eight and four. I think that's still very much in the cards. Um, uh, There's, there's a lot of teams on the schedule that, uh, that the Gators can beat, but there's also a lot of teams that if we, if the offense doesn't move uh, the ball like they did on Saturday, or if they, if they move the ball like they did on Saturday, uh, the Gators could be in some trouble this season. So it's still very, the season's still very much up in the air. Um, and there's still a lot to look forward, a lot to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you know, you look at it and, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of tells the tale of what the season was going to be. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Yep. Um, you better never get too high, and you better never get too low. Um, I mean, that's the way this team's going to be. They're a team that is, you know, very inexperienced in a lot of ways, including a quarterback with Anthony Richardson. And, you know, you, you look at it on the offensive line, and, you know, we can start talking a little bit about this on the offense, but, you know, uh, Michael Tarquin goes out and, again, still not sure of his – status going forward, uh, but once he went out, 
it was a totally different, you know, game plan per se because Austin Barber doesn't have the experience there, hasn't played, you know, as much or as well uh, at that right tackle spot. So you, you see, you know, you, you see those depth issues sneaking up on you uh, in several spots. And again, it's what we expected. It's it's what we right. expected of this team, you know, going forward this year is it was going to be ups and downs. And, um, you know, I, I know, and, and, and we can get on into this now, but, you know, people were, were pissed about the play calling for Billy Napier and screaming, you need an OC, you need a quarterback coach. The play calling wasn't as bad as it looked. Obviously, execution of everything makes things look better or worse. Um, you know, I, I was talking to you about this. You know, there was a play, the the fourth the fourth down play late in the fourth quarter um, where Florida didn't get it. It was on the when they had it on like the 24, 25-yard line, whatever it may be, where Kentucky made the field goal. Um, they had uh, Anthony on a scramble, a, a rollout to the right. He had Jordan Shorter wide open. He just threw it in the dirt. I mean – if you're if you're a play caller, you know that's what you want. You know, uh, I, I there were several throws in the game that were open. He just he just missed them. Uh, several deep shots across the middle. He just missed them. Um, you know, was the play calling excellent? No, but it was it was it was good. It was good enough to win. You have to remember Billy Napier is playing with his hands kind of tied a little bit because of the fact that he has a an offense that's limited. You know, in playmakers, uh, limited with the offensive line depth. So again, I, I know everyone wants to get on him and say about how his game plan sucked. It wasn't as bad as it looked, and I would challenge you to go back and watch some of the game uh, for the people who say that. And I think you'll come away thinking that Anthony Richardson just missed a lot. I agree, and I, I think you made a lot of good points there, Andrew. Um, and, and I also agree that, that Billy Napier's play calling was not nearly as bad as a lot of uh, people are making it seem. I don't think it was perfect. I think it was a, a far from perfect game from Billy Napier, and he admitted that in the press conference. He said, I made mistakes. Uh, there were things I could have done better, um, and, I, and I agree. But I think when you, when you really, if you go back and watch the film, there, there were, and, and and I get on, I get on the the Florida Gator receivers a lot. I, I'm I'm pretty harsh on them. Uh, I've 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 been a, a critic uh, of them uh, thus far, but I thought that the receivers uh, played a pretty good game. Uh, they were open a lot, and um, Richardson just just for some reason couldn't find them. Uh, and and there's one play in particular that I and well, there's a lot of plays, but there's one play that's coming to mind right now. And and it ended up not mattering, but I think it was just kind of the theme of the entire game. It was the when we were down. I mean, we were down ten points with a minute left, right? It was our final possession of the game. Uh, it was like a second and ten, and um, and Pearsall was crossing wide open in the middle of the field, and he just or it was actually the first play of the drive. It was the very first play of the drive. Uh, Pearsall was crossing over the middle of the field, and he just looked right over him. I mean, his eyes went directly. His eyes went from left to right completely passing over Pearsall who was crossing right down the middle of the field and he threw it, you know, 50 yards incomplete, whatever the play was. But um, I think that was just kind of the theme of the game. He just, he just wasn't seeing some of these guys. I mean, you, you could go, go back to the film and find five, six plays where, where if Richardson just sees the guy, you know, I don't think we're sitting here talking about Billy Napier's play calling. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I will say this. Uh, for me, the, my biggest harp on Napier's play calling was they didn't run the ball um, a lot 
early in the game. Um, he tried to get the passing game going. Um, and also, you're going to agree with me here because you and I texted about it, but throw that damn wide receiver screen to Xavier Henderson. Throw that play in the garbage for a while. Yeah. A, Henderson can't do anything with it. And B, Justin Shorter cannot block that play to save his life. So please just throw that play in the garbage for a little while. Yeah. Throw it in the garbage. Yeah, and if you're gonna do, if you're gonna have, uh, if you're gonna run that exact play, run it with two different receivers, please. Henderson, when he catches the ball, he's not he's not quick enough, guys. He's not quick enough to explode for four or five yards a clip. He takes too long to he has long strides. He takes too long to get to the point where he needs to be. Uh, and shorter can't shorter can't hold the block long enough either. So if you're gonna run that play, please run it with two different guys. Um, I. They ran it like five times in week one, and they ran it a few times yesterday. And, I, and I, every single time I text Andrew, even when it goes for six yards, I'm, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, so, yeah, put that play in the garbage. Uh, and the, the other thing with Napier's play calling that I would have liked to see, but, again, this is on Richardson as well. I would have liked to see Richardson, and, and me and, and Andrew, you'll agree with me because we texted on this as well, but I would have liked to see Richardson keep a couple of those RPOs. I mean, he, he seemed to hand it, hand it off, hand it off. And yeah, they were going for two, three yards a clip, sometimes more, but even if, even if Richardson's not going to explode for 40 yards off a, off a keeper, right? At least you're keeping that defensive line honest because there was a point in that game where they knew that Anthony Richardson was not going to run the football. Right. And, uh, and so they keyed in on, on everything else. And so, you know, the key to Richardson's success is is that he runs the football. That's 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 what he's really good at. Um, I hate to break it to you guys, but Richardson has never been a super accurate passer. He he he, you know, he's not always been bad like he was last night, but he's never he's never been a super you know accurate passer. So he he you know he's great because he has the option to run. He can throw it seventy yards downfield and these kind of things, but he's never been a super accurate passer. Um, so he needs to rely on that run game to be to be uh, to be super successful. Yeah, and I mean the the thing is is he needs to. Anthony's a guy that is a rhythm passer, and and when I say that meaning he's a guy who when things are going bad things are going bad, mm-hmm. when things are going good things are going good for him. And I know that sounds kind of cliche to say, but that, but that's that's what it is. Is when things are going good for the for him, uh, you know, you're able to see him get, you know, pass after pass after pass completed or, you know, when things are going bad, you're able to see you're you're, you're seeing incomplete pass after incomplete pass after incomplete pass and and you know, he kind of said that in his um uh, press conference Saturday, uh, Saturday night, he said, I, I kind of got in my own head. And that's exactly what he did. He got it in his own head. Things went from bad to really bad. Um, and he looked like a guy that just had absolutely no confidence in the game um, for pretty much the entire second half of the game. Yeah. And and I, and I started to get the feeling that the Gators were in trouble uh, somewhere in the third quarter uh, because I, I was just watching Richardson and just nothing he did. I mean, he just seemed so uncomfortable back there. Uh, you, you know, even when he, even when he was scrambling for three, four yards, a clip, uh, it just, he never seemed to get into a rhythm. And it's funny because I, I mentioned something to Gentry. We had picked up about two, three first downs. Um, Richardson was coming off, you know, he was starting to try to run the ball a little bit more. I think he had, you know, two straight carries of three, four yards a pop, whatever it was. And, and I looked at Gentry and I go, 
you know, it looks it looks to me like he's starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm here. And guess what the next play was? Pick six. So, uh, yeah, that I mean, he, he just never he never got going. Uh, you know, as soon as I thought he was going to get something going, pick six. So it just it was uh, an unfortunate night for for Richardson. And man, if you were sitting in that press conference, uh, I don't know if I don't know if they posted the videos. I know they. I know yeah, they the live. Oh, they did. Okay. So, yeah. um, I want you guys. I want everyone to go and watch that because that was that was tough to be there in person. Uh, it was it was the point where the media wasn't even asking him questions. Nobody wanted to ask him questions because they one we were surprised to see him out there, uh, and two, you know we could tell how awful he felt. You know he sat there and, and and took all the blame, which which you know he did not play well. And and if he would have played well, the Gators probably would have won. But there were there were things on both sides of the ball and on special teams that the Gators still need to work on. Um, so you know he you know. But the kid, he's a good kid, and you know, it was tough to sit there and, and listen to him, you know, kind of stumble across his words and, and hold back, you know, some emotions, trying to be the tough guy. He's 21 years old, guys. He doesn't he doesn't owe the media anything. He doesn't owe us anything to come out and say that. But he did, and I think that takes a lot of guts. That wasn't easy. I don't know if a lot of QBs do that. Uh, uh, and, and I and I do ultimately think that Richardson will bounce back from this. He's a warrior. Um, you know he's going to get through it you know he has usf next week he can he can you know do his thing he did his thing uh last year against usf let's do it again yeah i mean you know i think you know as as bad as he played i think you have to you have to give him some props for for coming into the to the interview room standing up for you know the team and you know taking the blame um yeah I, and i think the everyone kind of noticed a little bit you know that Anthony's a guy who plays with his emotions on his sleeve. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he, he takes the burden um, always. Um, and, and, I mean, you know, listen, you want that out of your quarterback. I'm not I'm not saying you don't want that out of your quarterback because you absolutely do want that out of your quarterback. Um, but, you know, you, you have to understand that at some point you just kind of have and and just say you know the heck with it I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let it air it out and let it rip and, and get out of your feelings a little bit um and, and it's tough I, again you're you're talking about a quarterback who you know just made his fourth start um so it's it's tough it, it really is tough um you know and, and you hope uh that the rest of the team kind of could have rallied around him, um, but you know it, it just didn't happen. Uh, the running game, you know, didn't didn't get going in the second half uh, for the most part, um, and a lot of that has to do with you know Kentucky knowing that Florida couldn't couldn't throw the ball. Um, and they only had 32 yards rushing in the second half. That that's not a recipe for for success with this team right now. It just, it just isn't. Uh, and I think, you know, that 32 yards of rushing also, you know, leads to why the defense is a little tired in this game. Um, again, I think losing Tarquin hurt, um, <clears throat> need to find, figure out his status going forward. Um, and you know, if he's not there, then, you know, you got to get Austin Barber up to speed and, and ready to go. Um, because this team has got to have Anthony Richardson playing really well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've seen it on Saturday. This team goes as Anthony goes. And, you know, people were saying, oh, they should have benched him. For who? For who? Yeah. No, Kidna? Ingle? <laughs> no. Uh, and, and I think you made a lot of good points there, Andrew. Uh, but most importantly, 
Richardson isn't the only young and inexperienced player on this team, right? right. I mean, we sat we sat here for 30 minutes and, and, and named a boat of you know four or five freshmen that are out here making a serious impact that have not been in that position before. They have not seen Anthony Richardson struggle like that. So you know you, you know you obviously you would like your team to kind of rally around Richardson and get him going, but when when he's playing with a bunch of guys that haven't been there before you know, particularly on the offensive side, you know, some of our veterans are on defense, Central Miller, Trey Dean. Uh, and so, you know, I think it was difficult for the team as a whole. The team hasn't been there. The team hasn't seen Richardson go through what he went through last night. Um, and so I think that's, that's a, that's an important point to make as well is that, is that the team, not that they didn't know, you know, what to do, but you just said it yourself, Andrew, the, the, the team goes as Anthony Richardson goes, right. They, they Gators will be as good as Anthony Richardson is this year, right? And 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 I think that is a perfect you know analogy, right? Week one, Anthony Richardson was was awesome, right? I don't you know he didn't pass the ball incredibly, but he was obviously the best player on the field. Gators win. Uh, wasn't so great in in week two, and Gators lose. Uh, and so I think that's uh and you know you could say that about any any quarterback for any team, right? You know that's it is the most important position on the field, but it's different with Anthony Richardson. He's the, he's the leader on this team and, and, and we'll see in the coming weeks how, you know, he rallies up the team and how the team rallies around him. Yeah. I mean, you know, going forward, you, you know, hopefully, and, and, and Napier tried, I mean, he tried throughout the game to get him going with some, you know, the screen passes, the underneath stuff, they tried to get him going. It just, it didn't happen. It, it didn't. It didn't matter. It, um, you know, I, I tweeted this during the game. I said I don't know that there's a play call that Billy Napier can make right now that is, is going to work. Just because it, it, it was, it was a team that was so down on itself. And you know, I, and again, I think that goes back to a little bit to that. You know, this is still a team that is very fresh off of a of you know, devastating loss after devastating loss last year. Um, so, you know, did doubt creep in their mind in the fourth quarter when Kentucky was going? Maybe. I, I don't I don't know the answer there. Um, but they, they, like I said, they've got to figure out a way offensively um, to move the ball. I mean, you can't go scoreless in the second half in an SEC game and expect to win, and that's exactly what they were. I mean, they were outscored um, 10 to nothing in the second half, and you you are thirteen and nothing in the second half. Excuse me, and you lost the ball game. Yeah, I mean, you, bottom line is you got to find a way to you got to find a way to score. And the defense did give them opportunities too. They got you know I know they got a little tired there in the fourth, but they gave them a lot of opportunities to score the ball. And that's something that Richardson after the game he said, you know, I looked at my defense there in the third quarter and said I'm gonna I'm gonna score you some points, right? I'm gonna help you all out. And he goes, you know, I didn't do that, and so and he didn't, and so. You know, that's the bottom line is that is, you know, the good news is the defense played well. Bad news is it, we saw some inconsistencies from our offense that maybe we did not see coming. Um, you know, I knew that Richardson wasn't as an elite passer as, you know, many, many thought. But, you know, I did not expect the run game to kind of to kind of fizzle out there at the end uh, like it did. So that was kind of news to me, too. But uh Yep, Gators got to get they got to get better offensively. They have to get into rhythms, um, kind of like they did uh, during the Utah game. You know, during that first game, you know, there was in the second half, it, it felt like the Gators were going to score every drive. It, it to me, it felt like you know Kyle Trask era, right? You know, <laughs> where it could be third and fifteen, and, and, it, and I didn't even have to worry because I knew it was going to be a first down. Um, well, and I think that's a key is with this team, 
you've got to be third and medium to short. Mm-hmm. And you can't have third and longs. And, you know, this team faced it a lot um, on Saturday night. You, you, you can't have that. This team needs to be third and five or less um, so that both the running and passing attack has to be feared there. Um, because right. if they're able to just focus on the pass, that's going to hurt. Um, yep. If they're, you know, if it if it's a situation where they can just bring the house, and you know that that's where Anthony struggles is when he has to make that quick, quick decision. And and again, it's that's a young quarterback, um, you know, so you understand it a little bit. But it's it's why it's so key to to have successful first and second downs, and again, stop throwing the wide receiver screen to Xavier. And that that brings me to another point, right? Um, so the Gators fourth down and six there at the at the very end was it was originally a third and five, and Napier ran the football. Now he ran the football because he was one hundred percent planning on going for it again, right? I'm a huge believer in in third and fives. If if you're going to run the ball, run it twice, just right. run it again. Uh, now and I I do believe that that's what Napier was going to do. However, he did not expect ETN. I believe it was to you know lose a yard there, right? So. It, it 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 put the Gators in a tough situation, but Napier did not change his mind. He went for it anyways, but he was going to go for that anyways. I mean, like you don't run the ball in third and five in your own territory at the twenty-four yard line if you plan on punting. Right. So, well, and again, but, last yeah. week the running game was there, and you know you, you were able to run. Um, you know this this week you you weren't, and um, again it was a, a lot of that penetration from that right side with Tarquan being out. Um, in the game hurt, uh, you know, it just, uh, it was just one of those games where nothing went right for you. And, you know, I know as a fan base, you know, you want to point fingers at somebody and that's fine. And I'm sure Billy Napier says, I'm my pants are big enough and I get paid enough that you can criticize me, but it wasn't all on Billy Napier. It, it just it, it wasn't the play calling wasn't as bad as as people made it out to be. I thought he had some some good calls in the in the game. It just sometimes a great call and and a play being there just isn't executed and and it fails and and that's what it did multiple times throughout the game. And um, you know I, I'll say this too and um, you know I. I want to see going forward, and you know, maybe maybe I'm different here, um, and, and and you can you can get on me if I if you think different there, Nick. I want to see more Whittemore and Dejon Reynolds, and less of Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson. I'm with you. Um, like you know, like I mentioned earlier, I've been uh, I've been pretty hard on on Henderson and Shorter uh, in specific with this wide receiver room. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at this point, you know, I thought shorter. There was there was two or three key blocks. There was a screen on the left side uh, that he didn't hold long enough, and if he would have, it was probably a long play. And I know you tweeted about the exact play, Andrew, so I know that uh, you saw this too. Um, if he holds that block on the left side there for a little bit longer, it's it's it could be it could have been six. Um, and you know, there there's a few, there was a few plays like that. Um, during the game, there was two to three blocks I thought he missed, and then you know he had the the, the chop block call right, which was crucial. Right. You, you which was BS. Though. Well, you know I didn't see it because it was on the other side of the field, and he you know called it a blindside block. I mean, they were literally eye to eye, and they called it a blindside block, which was freaking BS. That 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 referee crew. I mean, my God, that's just 
I mean, the, the, the Dean hit on Levis was stupid. Absolutely stupid. Uh, you know, Levis is still trying to run. He's got him wrapped up. I mean, he hits him in the thigh and slides down because, you know, you're going to slide down there. Uh, that was stupid. Uh, you know, they threw the flag. Luckily, they waved it off on Boone's hit against Levis. I mean, this is a good football play. He hit him right square in the chest. And then, I mean, Justin Shorter hits him in the shoulder, in the front part of the shoulder, the chest and the shoulder area, and they call it a blindside block. What are you What, what, what are you trying to play here? I, I just and stupid. One thing I don't understand is, is why can you review targeting but not blindside blocks or roughing the passer? I mean, right. if you if you were to review the the trade dean roughing the passer, you they would have saw that it wasn't forcible contact, right? Even if he was in the pocket, it wasn't forcible contact. Uh, to the the replay I saw, it looked like he you know grazed him, right? Um, and 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 I said it on the message boards. Uh, he you know you're not allowed to dive at the at the quarterback's legs, which I think is a stupid rule, be, you know, because you can't you can't hit him up high, you can't hit him down low. There's only one spot you can hit him, and guys, that's not how football works, right? There's there's, you know, it's, you know, Andrew can speak more on this than I can, but it's very difficult to tackle. Um, and, you know, when you, when you're, when you're limiting a defensive player to only one spot of the body that he can hit him in, that's, that's pretty tough to do. You know, the play, you're going, you're moving so fast and, you know, and I know that, uh, that he was out of the pocket and, and should have been considered a runner uh, with this particular play, which is why it was, you know, BS, but um, yeah, it was just, well, and here's the thing. You know, it's one thing, you know, I get it, It's and it's one thing if you're diving at the knees to take out their knees where, right. um, you know, the and everybody calls it the Tom Brady rule where, you know, Brady was taken out because somebody dove at his knees, you know, you're intentionally, you know, going after their knees. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're trying to make a football play and you hit him in the thigh, because he literally hit him in the thigh above the knee, and slid down, and he's trying to pull him by his legs and ankles and knee area to, to get him down because Levis is still working outside of the pocket there. What do you want him to do? I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like he was set up, you know, planted a throw, and, and, and Trey launched himself into his knee to tear his ACL. It, it, was, it was nothing like that at all, mm-hmm. and you're going to call a stupid penalty there. You know, that yeah. – that's the thing that, that just pisses me off with, with SEC the refereeing crew in general in football. It's why, you know, it, it's becoming a soft sport. I mean, it just is what it is. That, that's BS. That, yeah. That's and, BS. And it, it, the frustrating part about, you know, these penalties that, you know, have, you know, changed over the last five, ten years is is we're now, you know, penalizing players and even ejecting them from games for, for hits that are just unintentional, right? Yeah. You know? And, and like you said, it's one thing if, if, you know, you lead with the crown of your helmet and you just smoke someone, right, you know, completely, you know, intentional or, or, or you dive at their knees, you know, five seconds after they threw the ball. Um, you know, that's one thing. And, and that I agree, you know, you need to protect the quarterback in that situation. But, you know, we see so many plays in it. And, it, and it's not just for the Gators. It's, it's across the country um, that are just BS calls. I mean, they're just, they're, they're, they're penalizing these kids for, for trying to make a play for their team. Right. And they're, they're not trying to hurt the quarterback or do anything of this nature. And, and it, and it's unfortunate because a 15 yard penalty is a game changer. I mean, yeah. and, and, and it not only gives you an automatic first down, but it gives you 15 yards. Uh, the Gators could have used a lot of, you know, 15 yard penalties. Right. I mean, that, well, and it's that, like the blind help block. You. 
there. You know, that, right. that was a momentum killer. Yeah, um, You know, because, like, again, we just talked about it. Florida can't be in second, third, and longs. They just, they're not built for that. Um, but you, you were in a position where I, I believe it was going to be like second and seven, second and six, somewhere around in there. It um, was manageable. Yeah, it was manageable. Um, second and medium. Um, and, and again, you know, I just, I hate that call because as a receiver, first of all, I am a big fan of blindside blocks. That may just, you know, that may be me being ugly and old school. There's nothing better than a blindside block when that defender doesn't see it coming and you just can deck him and lay him out. Um, but I get it from a health standpoint. But still there, what do you expect him to do when he hits you in the chest and shoulder area? Where else is he supposed to block you at? I, I, I don't I don't get that. You know, I, I it's not like he was, you know, standing there and he shoved him in the back. It wasn't like that. I think the thing that that threw the flag was he, you know, hurt his leg. Okay, well, I'm sorry that he got hurt, and I'm sure Justin Shorter is sorry he got hurt. But that play didn't result in him getting hurt. That blind or blindside block they called did not result in him getting hurt. Sorry, it just did. Yeah. Well, I mean, Justin Shorter was a victim of of getting injured on a on a. On a cheap shot, which I I don't remember if it was called in the Gasparilla. No, it wasn't. And they hit Richardson. Helmet to helmet. And and that and that's my point. So um, this is what I'm getting to right now is that you know you can you you can believe what you want about uh these you know these all these different rules that have changed over the last five years. But the one thing is is every ref is they're all inconsistent, right? There was a I saw a video after the game which I did not see it live. I forget I forget which Gator player it was, but there was a Gator player on the right sideline. Uh, got tackled clean, whatever. And the Kentucky guy came in and led with his helmet and just three seconds after the tackle and just nails him right in the head. And, and the I think it was, was it Pearsall or I can't remember who it was, but they, they, he looks up at the ref and was like, yo, and Richardson's on the sideline pointing at him. Like, what is that? Right. And it, it's, it's, it, it, to me, it's the inconsistency with the, with the refereeing that really bothers me. Um, and, and there, and it's just, can't stand it. I can't stand the inconsistency across the country, not just for the Gators, but across the country in these in these missed calls, these 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 targeting calls that aren't called, then they're called. It just it it frustrates me. It makes no sense, and it's it's a big game changer in the game, which is really what frustrates me. The problem with it is, is it's so questionable. You could have right. five referees look at the same targeting call and it's have all subjective. Yep. You're right, and you could have a different. You know, you could have a three-two, four as three-two against. Because, again, I get it. It's a safety standpoint. But I also think that you also have to understand that you're turning the game around in a lot of instances there. Um, you know, again, that was not the reason for the loss. It just, it's BS. Uh, I don't like it. Um, let's go ahead. Let's, uh, as we wind this down here, look ahead here. So Florida gets UCF uh, on Saturday night. USF. Um, I mean, USF. Um uh, they um they got to get you know got to get things turned around it was a good game last year uh for Florida uh when they traveled down and uh beat USF um so you hope that this is a game that can kind of get some confidence going um as they have to travel up to um Rocky Top the following week um I guess the Tennessee team that had a big come from behind win over um um Pitt so you just hope that you can go into this game, get some confidence about you, um, get some young guys some playing time, and build up some depth and uh, go beat the Bulls. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that this these next two uh, games could not uh, come at a better time for the Gators, right? So, you know, Anthony Richardson coming off his worst performance uh, of his career, and he gets a chance to to, to right the ship, right, against a, a very beatable USF team, a team that he had a lot of success on last year. You know, both of our quarterbacks had a lot of success last year. Gators played a good game uh, in Tampa last year. Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson both played really well. Um, and, and this is a team that, that Richardson is going to be able to, to, to have opportunities to, to really score the ball and, and make these big plays that we know he's capable of making. And, and I think that, you know, the game comes at the right time, right? I just said it. Richardson, you know, coming off, you know, he's probably not very high on himself right now. He's probably had a really rough he probably didn't sleep last night. Right. And he probably is, 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 is feeling it this morning and, and, uh, and all day today. Uh, so I think the game comes at the right time. And then, and then guess what, you know, he, you know, let's, let's say the Gators get the win, right. He gets to go and he gets to go to Knoxville and try to knock off another ranked team. Right. So I, I really do think that these next two games are, are a perfect time for the Gators right now. I think that they, they have a chance to really prove some people wrong and, and Richardson, you know, he's, he's got a chance to, to go, get back in his groove. And then once he's back in his groove, he gets to go uh, play another ranked football team and, and, and really prove people wrong. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the Gators. Um, I think it's a great next two games here. Uh, and, and, and we'll see, we'll see how they, we'll see how they play. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a breather. Um, you know, if you can call it a breather in SEC or in NCAA football. Right. Um, but well, after, uh, after this week, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw what Marshall oof. beat, Notre Dame and uh, App State and, went to A uh, A and M. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Georgia it, Southern got Scott Frost fired. <laughs> yeah, so so let me say this before I before you guys get on me for 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 talking down on USF. It's not a gimme. There is no gimme in college football. Um, so you know Gators still have to go out. and They have to play their game right. They have to dominate on the offensive line. Anthony Richardson has to be the guy that we know he can be. Um, he's got to play with more confidence. The defense has to play like they did last week. Uh, and if all those things happen, Gators will be fine. Um, but you know, it's not a gimme, you know, you know, if we go out there and, and, and Anthony Richardson, it performs the same way, uh, Gators are in trouble. So, um, but you know, you got to have a little bit of hope for, for Richardson and, and Napier to get this right, to get the, the, the ship, uh, going in the right direction. Absolutely. All right, Nick, we'll be back on Friday as we, uh, get our preview of, uh, USF and, uh, get a uh, get things going as the Gators will return uh, looking to get back on a winning way. So Nick, appreciate it. Um, guys, make sure to check out our recruiting stuff as well as lots of uh, content previewing USF and also still recapping a little bit of Kentucky. So uh, stay tuned to Gator country and we appreciate it as always. And we'll see you guys on Friday. See you guys later.